Keys to the City podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Keys to the City. <laughs> At least someone's listening. <laughs> At least it's working now that I can't get this thing on. <laughs> I really can't. Oh, we were supposed to start a little while ago, but Trev decided to uh, figure out some social media <laughs> issues. But we, we are live, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of Keys to the City. You can check us out. At clovercrestmedia.com for shows. If you do miss the live show, you can check us out at clovercrestmedia.com as well as YouTube and as well as Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and Google. Also, like I said, you can check us out on social media accounts, Keys to the City, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like I said, we were supposed to start a little while ago, but we had some like always, always on we, time. We, <laughs> we usually are. That's the thing. Like we're pretty good with timing. Like I'm pretty sure because you know, mom and dad always thought well. Dad specifically always taught us to be prepared, prompt. Yeah, good, thing to go. to good thing I ain't going to work. <laughs> and ready to go. But ladies and gentlemen, we have a huge slate of NFL football this weekend. And we'll get that. We're gonna dive into it. The biggest game of the weekend. No, it's not the Baltimore Ravens against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, it's not the Green Bay Packers or Buffalo Bills. No, it is not even the Rams against the 49ers. It could very well be, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Giants traveling up to Questfield against the surprising Seattle Seahawks as well. We're going to dive into that, but let's talk about the breaking news today from the Giants franchise and give us our two senses about the big trade, the surprising trade that, well, we were all expecting something to happen. Ted was talking about, oh, maybe we'll get Kadarius Tony back after the bye. Well, no, he will not be suiting up in big blue once ever again as his short humiliating, embarrassing tenure as a New York Giant first-round pick. Well, he got paid. He got his first-round pick, and guess what? Take it and run with it. Well, now he's going to the Kansas City Chiefs as he is traded for a third, a conditional third, and a sixth-round pick to the New York Football Giants. Ted, just quickly, two cents about this, just seeing how what a massive, massive waste of a pick this was. When you look at the scenario that it was last year for the Giants, there was a lot more glaring needs for this franchise and Dave Gettleman, yes, I know, get the support for Daniel Jones, I understand it. But when you have opportunities like Rashawn Slater there, or you have a guy that I don't know if many people have heard, but he's doing pretty damn well down in Dallas. And that's Micah Parsons, who has established himself as one of the premier, not just defensive players, but football players right now in the National Football League. Ted, an all-time mistake, an all-time miss by the New York Giants franchise. And Joe Shane and, T- and company and Dable finally said, get the hell out of here. We're like, we can't, what are we going to do with you? Now he comes out and says, it's just another prima donna diva, another guy that, yes, has amazing talent, immense talent. I get it. But when you don't want to buy into the, the message, what good are you? And I talked about this, Ted, the talent. Yes, talent could go a certain way in this league. I get it. There is such a, a, a copious amount of talent in this league. But... You got to also have the heart. You also got to have the want. You got to have the mentality. Kadarius Tony did not. Ted, give me a quick two cents about this. Uh, we got something for a player that wasn't playing. Plain and simple. Easy does it. We're, we're, I have trust in J- Joe Shane. He's going to figure it out in the future. Get an extra third round. Get a sixth round. If you look at what Joe Shane and uh, Brian Dable did this year, they did really well in the draft. Now, not all the players are participating because of some so-called injuries, but at the end of the day, you got something for no one. 
because that's what I consider no one. He played – what was it? I just had it in front of me. Played a few wrong? games. He had a decent game no, against the Saints. A few games? De- a few games? His, be- his best game. He played for a game and a half, bro. I had it right in front of me. He literally played in 28 snaps in week two and played in seven, seven snaps in week one. Thank you for your 30, 35 snaps. We got a third round and a sixth round. Who would have thought these would have been high picks before? But right now, they might be later third rounds and sixth rounds. So the Giants, based on the grade, got to be. The Chiefs got to be. For the Chiefs, you hit. You get. You get another talented player. He was. He coming out of the draft was a guy that was similar uh, relationship. And when I say relationship, similarities in their way to get open and speed and exclusiveness to Tyreek Hill. So it's another weapon for Patrick Mahomes, adding with Valdez Scanlon, Juju Smith, and Travis Kelsey. So Chiefs. Bravo. If you can get the guy to get on the field, it's a home run. For the Giants, listen, he hasn't played all season anyway, so what the hell's the difference? We got the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. So what the what it doesn't make a difference. I could see like if he was playing or he was participating and we traded a guy that was actually helping out the team. This team is six and one without him. So we'll be fine with without him going forward. It, what, what's more upsetting is it has nothing to do with the trade anything. It's more upsetting that like you said when you started the show is we traded back, you know, because we, you know, we wanted to get picks. Which, hey, listen, we got an extra pick, and it worked yeah, out. It turned out to be Evan Neal. We got Thibodeau and Evan Neal, but we traded back last year to pick up a guy. So it was a waste of first round pick. Literally, it was a waste of first round pick. When at the time we could have got, like you said, Rashawn Slater and Micah Parsons. Who knows if either one of those guys would have got drafted by the Giants? Maybe the Giants would have screwed that up too. But at the end of the day, it's a woulda, coulda, shoulda. It doesn't matter. We have to move forward. The Giants are moving forward. I don't care what he has to say. Yeah, you weren't hurt. Good. See you later. You're a clown. See you later. I don't care. You're not a Giant. So, so people, once a Giant, always. <laughs> Sorry, bro. What do you? Once a Giant. He wasn't even a Giant for half a second. He barely put his jersey on. All right, do me a favor. Stay the hell out of here. 420 yards and what? Half a 15 games. Dude, get the hell out of here. Uh, it's, it's, like another, it's like another DeAndre Baker pick. Honestly, I don't really care. Like, I, I don't care. If you didn't want to be here, see you later. The Giants got something out of it. Plain and simple, let's move on. Because at the end of the day, the Giants are 6-1. and one, And if they roll this week and the Eagles lose or whatever, Giants could be in first place in the NFC. So I don't really care. I'm worried about the guys that want to be on the team. I understand that he's an exceptional talent. We saw when he was on the field, he was really good. Ask, ask Trayvon Diggs how good he was. Guy was getting lost in the maze trying to cover Kadarius Tony. Supposedly the best corner. <laughs> see you later, bro. On, he got his pants pulled down half the time when he was playing Dallas. <laughs> Dallas is happy not to see him. So that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Well, We'll see what the New York Giants do. The trade deadline. Bring the microphone a closer, huh? How you they, doing, folks? How you doing, folks? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? The trade deadline is approaching. Maybe this extra third round pick. Maybe the Giants go to see over in Denver. Maybe a Jared Judy. Maybe a DJ Moore. Just some names. Chase Claypool. I even saw names like DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Pittman. I was like, what? That doesn't look like. I mean, don't get me wrong. It'd be awesome. But I just don't know how, especially DeAndre with the money's purposes, the contract wise, how that even would remotely work. But if Jared Judy is the guy, we'll see. We'll see if the Giants end up trying to team him back up with his offensive coordinator back at Bama and Brian Dable. But, Ted, you were just talking about it. The New York Giants are 6-1. Let's face the facts of reality, ladies and gentlemen. We can say whatever we want about this NFL team. We can say anything we want about the New York Giants. Just look at the landscape of the NFL right now. There is, like I said, two, maybe three realistic Super Bowl true contenders right now. Maybe you get and maybe you get the outside teams like the Bengals, but a huge hit to the Cincinnati Bengals franchise as they lose their superstar receiver Jamar Chase to a hip injury, IR, four to six weeks. 
see how that translates to the offense moving forward for the Bengals. But this league as a whole has been anything but contenders. It's been more of pretenders or teams that we don't know what to make of. And we'll talk about it in a few minutes of the NFC powers that are struggling mightily coming into this week. But there's been two major surprises from the NFC standpoint. You can add the Jets in there. We get it. The Jets have been amazing so far. We'll see how they translate with their injuries, dealing with Elijah Vera Tucker, as well as Brees Hall. But this might be, ladies and gentlemen, and I know it sounds crazy because coming into this season, Ted, we thought of this matchup as a potential top a draft pick type game. Who's going to get the higher draft pick? We're sitting here right now with these two franchises at a combined 10 and four leaders or I should say one of them is the leader of the NFC West. And one right now is the five seed in the NFC. And that's the New York giants and the Seattle Seahawks are going to play this Sunday afternoon, 425 in Seattle. It's going to be a huge test for the New York giants, a tough test, but Ted, just looking at both of these teams, what they've been able to do, the identity of these teams, very similar. Not, not a lot of great talent. I say Seattle has more talent, but not a lot of great talent overall. But you got some players. You got some studs. Good drafting. Who do you take? Who do you take more seriously moving forward? Is it the New York Giants right now 6-1? and one, Or is it realistically Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks? Well, it's going to be the New York Giants. The, who I take seriously, it's the New York Giants because the, the way they play really? the game is more sustainable. Absolutely. Well, if, here's the first thing first because I wanted to make sure I had this. So I'm going to do this first by, you know, the normal way where everyone can understand. What the hell is the normal way? The scheduling. You yeah. look at the Giants next five, six weeks. Seattle this week by Texans, Lions, Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders. All right. Mostly winnable games. That Cowboy game could be huge. I think the Giants, after playing them, might be able to defeat them. Commanders, those are all winnable games. Lions, Texans, and at the and and we play the Colts later on. So you look at the schedule, Mike. At the beginning of the season, you're like ah, I don't know, the Colts are probably really good. The Vikings, command ah, that's a, a much more winnable, winnable schedule when you look at it from that perspective. If you look at it that way, right? I'm just yeah. looking at it from schedule perspective. Then you look at the. Seattle Seahawks, though, play the Giants. Tough matchup at the Cardinals. I know we don't have a lot of trust in the Cardinals, but now they got DeAndre Hopkins back. I think this team is different. Plus, it's at the Cardinals. Same old. Got the Bucs. I know same old, but the Cardinals probably win. They're more explosive. Then you got the Buccaneers. Who knows what type of Buccaneers team you have. Then you got the Rams, Panthers, 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. Now, you would have thought, ah, the Jets – that's an easy win. Not anymore. The Jets are a much tougher matchup. And you still play the Chiefs in the 49ers division. So when I look at it, at least from that perspective of the schedule, Giants have yep. an easier schedule. So I think from that perspective, that you could take that a little bit more seriously, that the Giants will have a better opportunity. When I say seriously, a better opportunity to make the playoffs. But here's the other thing. They want to get some stats. Here's where I'd say sustainability. And I don't need to spit off the Giants stats because we know they're good. At least they run the football. What are they, second in the league running They the football? are first in the league right now at 173 points. Oh, that's great you told me that. Glad you corrected that because the Seattle Seahawks are tied for the most rushing yards surrendered this season with 1,048. They're giving up the six most yards per carry, 4.9. They've given so up 10 rushing touchdowns, which is tied for third in the NFL. So mm -hmm. you look at that. Now, one thing that Seattle's defense does well, they do take the ball over. But they defensively give up – what I had 26 points a game. So their defense is not good. 
sustainability. Listen, their offense is really good. Yeah, they're the second leading scoring team. Uh, what is it, six leading scoring team with twenty-seven points scored on the first drives of the game, which is third in the NFL. They score from outside the red zone, which this is. How about this, Trev? I want to tell you a crazy stat. Okay. Their red zone rate in the NFL, their touchdown rate in the red zone, second worst in the league at thirty-six percent. Though when they're outside the red zone, it's seventy-seven percent, which is number one in the league. So when they score, they score with big plays outside the red zone. Mm-hmm. I look at the Giants. Their de- defense and offense is sustainability. Run the football, play solid defense. Don't turn the ball over. Geno's prone for the for the turnover. Yep. Their defense is not that good. And the schedule they play gives me more trust and faith that the New York Giants sustainability and, and I could take them much more seriously that they can have a deeper run going further. Well, here here's the thing about these both of these teams right now. Look at the NFC West. The NFC West right now on paper is supposed to be Coming into the season, one of the better divisions in this entire league. It's been very anything but. I, I like to use the term, let's just use it what it is. Disappointing is what the NFC West has been. The Cardinals have not looked impressive. They've had their moments, but they have not looked impressive. The LA Rams, well, you have seen the LA Rams because they've been on TV enough. And when they are on TV, they've gotten, they've gotten slapped around. The Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills. The San Francisco 49ers, just some of the games that they have not looked like the LA Rams of last year. And we'll talk about them in a brief, too. The 49ers, even with the moves they made, the mo- let's be honest. The 49ers have one of the most talented teams in the league, but it's not all getting put together right now. It's dealing with either injuries or you make the move for McCaffrey. Can they all finally gel and get it together? The Seahawks, the both of these franchises coming in had no expectations. Like, we already saw the Seahawks, as of right now, they look like geniuses with the Denver Broncos out of that trade, making out, like, billionaires and millionaires and money, 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 and much more draft pick compensation coming your way with that trade. And then the New York Giants, we already expected them. If the New York Giants can just compete and just get something going in some direction moving forward, then it would have been a bonus. Both of these teams, after seven weeks, I mean, especially Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, two quarterbacks that were probably coming into the season, let's be realistic, bridge quarterbacks, have been playing their part. I don't see any reason as to why these franchises are saying, why do we have to, especially the Giants, why are we moving on from Daniel Jones right now? He has played, he has excelled. Well, five or seven, yards seven games, Trev, they've won in the, they've had to come back in the fourth quarter and they've won. He said five so, game-winning yeah, drives, so, Ted. So listen, five game-winning drives. Nobody's watching the league. probably watching this going, well, you're Giant fans. Of course you take it seriously. No, idiots. No. Because a lot of times I don't take the Giants seriously because if you look at the picks this week on our predictions that we post on Instagram, Twitter, and everything else, I took to Seattle. But I'm going to just keep betting against the Giants, and I'm not betting because I'm not betting money because I won this a long time ago. You don't bet against the Giants, you don't bet with the Giants. But I'm going to keep picking. But I'm going to go against the Giants, and when they keep winning, I'm a winner. I don't give a crap that I lose to you on my picks. It doesn't matter. The Giants keep winning, and I'm a happy guy. What is it? Think, it's a, it's a win-win. It's a Listen, win-win. I, I look at this game, and I didn't realize how bad Seattle's defense was. I mean, here's the thing. You're going against the number one rush offense versus, like, the worst def- rush defense in the game. So something's got to give, right? Yeah. Something you would think, right? Either the running game is going to be dominant or somehow Seattle's going to pull uh, rabbit out of their hat and play great defense. But like I said, when you're giving up the most rushing yards, you're giving almost five yards a carry, you're giving up ten rushing touchdowns, which is tied for third in the league, 
I mean, the only thing that's saving their rear ends is between fumbles and interceptions, the Seattle Seahawks are fourth highest takeaway rate. They've, they have well, 11 forced fumbles overall and are second in the NFL with seven recovered. So, and, and listen, they got good secondary. But I don't worry about their secondary because guess what? We can't throw the football. We have no one to throw the ball to. So who cares? We're well, just going to run it down your throat, the and then we're going to play – and here's the other thing. What do we do well on? We, we, we run the football. We play solid defense. We do well against the pass. We don't give up big plays. And, and Gino's prone for an interception. And here's the other great thing this week, which I know it's like more I'm doing predictions of the game, but Seattle doesn't rush the passer really well. So Daniel Jones with his legs and arm, I mean, look at this guy. And it looks like they may not have DK this week. He, he, he's still, it's still up in the air. I was just reading the report. That'd be, cra- that'd be actually crazy for but what they reacted Seriously, I think Seattle's offense and Geno Smith are for real. Kenneth Walker is a beast. He's probably going to win rookie of the year as the running back. I mean, back he was now. a beast. He was a beast in college. We saw what oh, he did last year. And that's why you don't take running backs in the first round. You take them in second and third rounds. But, but I mean, also, but with that being said, you got DK Mecca, you got Tyler Walker, you got Marquise Gladwin. Geno Smith is leading the league in completion percentage. He is, he's, he's looking like Geno Smith from West Virginia when he was throwing 12 touchdowns a game. With Tavon yeah. Austin and uh, I forget that other guy, number three, he was a really good player. Uh, I know and who you're talking about. And then I, he ended up getting shot a couple times, but and it ruined really? his career. Yeah, I swear to God. You ever what seen the ESPN story? He ended up yeah, getting shot. I know. He was a stunt, too. They both. Oh, uh, Mark Bailey. Bailey. Stephon Bailey. Stephon Bailey. Stephon Bailey. Oh, yeah. I remember. That, okay. was a so, dead, that, so, that was a deadly duel. So, and, and look at the game against Baylor where he had seven touchdowns passing. But. I just look at the Giants' schedule going forward. I look at the next three weeks, like we said. You got Seattle this week. We lose, we lose, but if we, we can win this game. You're 7-1. Then you have the bye. You get rest, you get some of your people. Then you got the Texans, Detroit. You're going into Dallas Thanksgiving, possible 10-1. That Colts game is a winnable game now, especially that Matt Ryan is benched. Sam Ellinger, who knows what he's going to be. They can't run the football. They can't. They don't have no defense. So those games that you looked at in the beginning of the season going, yep, lost, lost. lost. Matt, amazing how your perspective changes when the season goes on. You would have looked like the Buccaneers. Oh, they're going to win that game. They're going to be Carolina. Yeah, no Pittsburgh. That's a win. You just don't know week in and week out. Like you started this conversation, and it was making me think about when we started this show three, four years ago. Remember we were talking about midseason? It was like all the teams were like all like the same, and you were like, Wow, it's like the flip, like a uh, you know, the kind of uh, flip of the deck. You really don't know what cards you're going to get. You really don't know what team you're going to get. I mean, Arizona has not looked that good, but last week when DeAndre Hopkins came back, they put up like 40 points last week. Now I get, I get you it don't know. against the Saints. You just don't know week in and week out who's going. I mean, Pittsburgh's beat Tampa Bay. Now I get it, Tampa Bay. We're, let, me, problem, let, let me let me let me get back mind, to this. Our let mind, get... though, our perspective is ha, ah, it's Tom Brady. They're, they're, they can't lose to Carolina. Nope. So that's what you have to think. The perspective is, oh, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers will figure it out. Well, guess what? No, they're not. Seattle Seahawks, the New York Giants, the teams that you have no trust in are the ones that are now proving us wrong. We're still living in the past, and we haven't moved on to the beginning. And that's why when you started this show, there is really only three teams you can take seriously right now in the league, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone else, you still have questions if, if they're good enough. You can go to Dallas. You're like, is Dak really good enough? Can they? Is Mike McCarthy going to make the right call when it comes First down all, to? We, we, I'm going to be. I'm going to be. Hold on. I'm going to be Stephen A. Smith right now. We know what the Dallas Cowboys are going to do. They're going to get everybody. Listen, all if there was a year that they could make the Super Bowl from the NFC, I this it. is the year. Well, I don't really see it because team it's wide open. I don't really see a team beating the Eagles right now because they just look balanced overall, as better than maybe anybody in the league right now. But these two teams, even and we were talking about it, even if the Giants finish five and five the rest of the way 
They still won 11 games. They're getting to the playoffs. They have an 85% chance of making the playoffs. Like, just, to just think of these two teams, and the reason why I'll take – and I'll say the Seahawks, I think that they're up for – I mean, don't count out the Seahawks. They continuously play well. Geno Smith is playing well. If he just doesn't play like Geno of the Jets – then they're going to be okay. Run the ball with Kenneth Walker because you got a stud back there. Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, their two tackles right now, have been great, have been what they have expected to. Wooten and Kobe Bryant are, are, are yes, stud quarterbacks that they drafted. And, then, and they don't and even then, have Jamal Adams. Jordan and, Brooks and, has and been Bobby a solid. Wagner. And Bobby Wagner. These are all guys. And Russell Wilson. I mean, this, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I joke with that. I was that about one. to say, like, Bobby Wagner's on the Rams. Then. I, don't know I know that. But what I'm saying is, guys, they let go of their big star players. You know what the Seattle team reminds me of? The 2012 team when they drafted Russell Wilson, when they drafted Bobby Wagner, when they made their big moves, and these rookie class. They have six rookies starting on this Here, current team right now. This New York Giant team. And we've I've harped on it. Has it been pretty for the first seven weeks, six or seven games? No, it hasn't been. I'm not going to sit here and say. I'm not going to sit. Hold on. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's literally been perfect. That's been pretty. It's not a super. It's not a super. Hey, like I said, if they get to a Super Bowl, then that's awesome for us Giant fans. We'll we'll be we'll be glamouring in all the the love of the New York Giants. But to look at what this franchise is. They're never counted out in any game. I don't care what the deficit is. I literally sat here last week. I was like, they're going to lose to Jacksonville. I'm like thinking to myself, is this really going to happen? And I'm like, are we going to lose to this franchise? Like really playing off of two great back-to-back come-from-behind victories over the Packers and Ravens and to manage a loss like this. They were just teasing you, bro. Every game, it it doesn't need to be pretty. With the way this NFL season has been, pretty isn't the answer right now. You just got to win. If you just keep winning, that's all that matters. And, and it I doesn't love, have to be pretty. It's not. I don't know if you like, read some of the quotes. The, the the team is thinking it, it's it's kind of stupid, you know, some of the metaphors we have in football. But they're taking it week by week. They're literally trying every week. That's what they, that's what they're every just, team should try to go one do. Well, so you know, teams though they look at. I head. know that, but that's how the message should always be sent. And Brian, da- and, uh, Brian Dable, my God, I think we're gonna start having a debate. It, is Brian Dable, the Patrick Mahomes, a coach, and then I know I sound crazy. Uh, let's, 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 let's see something. Let's win something before we start crowning. Because uh, uh, if you want to okay. crown them, ask, we'll crown them. You sound like a, a bad Giant fan right now because I don't know about you. I don't want to crown him yet, Trevor. I'm, I'm not crowning him any. I'm not crowning him anything. I'm just saying with the way that he has coached this team, a team that doesn't have superstars all over the place, with the exception of a few players that have been excelling, Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Xavier McKinney. You have players, young players that are getting better for this franchise. But the way that this team coming into the season, coming on paper, you're literally just saying, how is this? This is one of the least talented teams rosters in the league. And Brian Dable is just managing to put these pieces and and that's a credit to all the coaching staff and putting them in the right places at the right time and making plays for this team. And Brian Dable has excelled. And the New York Giants are in every game. It doesn't have to be pretty. This isn't a pretty league this year. With the combination of the refs, with the combination of the older quarterbacks that have been playing poorly, the play on the field has been poorly. And maybe that's just more of maybe they do need to play more a little more preseason moving forward because sometimes the play hasn't been all excellent other than, like I said, the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs or the Philadelphia Eagles this year. The rest of the 29 teams, ladies and gentlemen, there is it hasn't been pretty. 
But the New York Giants, I hate to give you a little dose of reality, ladies and gentlemen, but they're six and one. There's no other team in the NFL right now that's six and one. So I guess after this 25 minute conversation, I think we take the Giants seriously. I think I think both teams have a uh, have a recipe. Yeah, but you ask more. It's the Giants, bro. Oh yeah, but the, the Seahawks have proven I, that they can come back. They're never look, there's, look, attitude. And here's I like the, that. They're, they're, but they're in a tougher. But they're in a tougher. Te- they're in a tougher division, Ted. Yeah. Whoa, the Giants. They're not a tougher division. Nah. The Eagles and Cowboys. I mean, nah. I mean, compared to the NFC West, I don't take the Cardinals serious one bit. The Niners. But we're talking the about Niners the only t- Arizona is going to be dangerous down the stretch. At least offensively, and Seattle's defense is poor. They're the same old. They're the Arizona Cardinals. Bet your I bet Seattle finishes in last place in that division. What do you want to bet? You have no trust in McVay. I never said the rant. I never said the rant. I don't trust the. I don't trust the Cardinals. No, I never said. I never said the Seahawks are going to win. Hold on, I never said the Seahawks are going to win the division. Have they played their division yet? So they've lost to the 49ers. Yeah. Oh, they beat the Cardinals at home, 19-9. All right. So they still got to play the Cardinals in two weeks, the Rams twice, and the 49ers. All right. So they still got – what did I say? They're 0-1-1 in the division? Yeah, they're 1-1 in the division. All right. So they still got four games left, and they got to play the Chiefs and the Jets and the, the Raiders. Raiders. The hey, Chiefs, James. Raiders, and Jets, and Bucks. I and I will it. get that going. Ah, you did say, Ted, though, during this conversation. If there's any year that the NFC is wide open for any team to just make the playoffs, it could be this year. Well, that's why I think the as much as we've said there's bad football, I think weeks 15, 16, and 17 are going to be so intriguing more so this year because I think you're going to have so many more teams the last three games. a lot of teams fighting for wild cards. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Listen, as much as, as much as like, here's a perfect example. Look at the NFC, right? So we did our predictions this week. So two of the games we chose was the 49ers and Rams, right? And then we chose Green Bay and the Bills. But we also did the Bucks versus the 49ers. I know Which is those, they're not playing each other. But when you take those four NFC East, NFC teams, right, you would have said they would have been the top four teams in the in the, in the the bracket. You know what I mean? In the standards coming forward. Well, they're not even close to being the top four teams. But all of them are under 500. So it speaks volumes to what these teams represent and the two teams we just talked about, the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Football Giants. The Buccaneers and the Packers, I don't know what the hell's going on out there. I mean, you like you said, Lombardi, I don't know what the hell's going on out there. What Their the quarterbacks hell look old. Yeah. Their teams look awful. The Buccaneers have the worst rushing attack in football. So, Ted, let me ask you. Let me Hold on. Hold on. Don't talk. And then the two other teams, the 49ers and Rams, the two, maybe you thought the two talentless teams, they're they're crumbling. So there's some big matchups in the standpoint of like tonight's game. Huge matchup. Well, the record doesn't speak for Well, the record doesn't. It, that's why it's a huge game. Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, realistically, could be 3-5. and five. Moving ahead after tonight, come tomorrow, they could be 3-5 and five against the Baltimore Ravens. And then you got the NFC West matchup, a rematch of the NFC title game, in which we already saw the 49ers beat up on the Rams once again. And then you got the Packers going into Bills Mafia against the best team in the NFL right now, even though they're coming off a bye and Sunday Night Football. Something's got to give. So you look at these four powers right now, these teams that, Ted, you even said it, coming into this season, they have been maybe some to some, the teams coming out of the NFC. But you look at seven weeks right now and you're saying, um. Uh, I, don't, like, I might have to retract on my statement because right now there's a lot, 
a lot of uncertainty surrounding these four teams. And you look at all four of them. I'll get right into it. Rams, offensive line problems, don't have a true edge rusher right now other than besides Aaron Donald. Matthew Stafford has been struggling. They really got to get something more than Cooper Cup going offensively. The running attack hasn't been there. Then you look at the Packers, not having Devontae. Aaron Rodgers continuously going out to the news media and just running his big mouth, keeping in-house, but he's an idiot. He's a clown, so what else is new? And then the Buccaneers, Brady finally looks 45, and their offensive line has issues. The 49ers, the big issue for me, it's been like what we've talked about for years. It's the quarterback. They got the talent. They got the talent to win the whole damn thing. But the quarterback, can he be? Can he deliver for them? So, Ted, when you look at these NFC powers coming into the season and where we're at now, if you're looking at it on paper, all four, which NFC power should be more concerned, the most concerned out of the four? The Super Bowl champs, Los Angeles Rams. Because I want to explain this to you. If the Rams lose to the 49ers this week, the fallout could be disastrous. Let me just explain this to what it means because I wrote this down. So I'm going to read it for verbatim so I make sure that I don't misspeak. If the Rams lose, they will drop to three of three, three and four overall and one and two in the division. They will have been swept by the 49ers, which means they lose any tiebreaker, which is even more important because the 49ers would still only be a half a game better at that point. A loss could put the Rams in last place if the Cardinals beat the Vikings this week, which I think could happen. The Rams would also have 10 games remaining on their schedule, and it would need at least a 6-4 and four record to finish above 500 of any hopes of making the wild card. Finally, the division would seem out of reach with anything less than a 7-3 and three record the final 10 games. And the way you look at the Rams played this season, I don't think 7-3 and three for the last 10 games is manageable. So for me, it's the Super Bowl champs. For even having a chance. Now, I could have said the 49ers because they would have lost two in a row, the trade from a cap. But I think the 49ers' big issue, Ted, really, it just comes down to Jimmy G because they've just got so talent across the board, well, and, defensively, offensively. It just comes down to Jimmy G. Honestly. Well, and, and here's the other thing the reason why I chose the Rams, too, is because I look at the division as much tougher. I look at the NFC South as even if the Bucks lose tonight, that division is garbage, bro. I can't believe yeah. I'm saying this, but that division is garbage. The Saints are garbage. Carolina like the NFC, garbage. It's like the NFC at least a couple like years Bucks, ago. To believe that the NFC South, that which I thought the Saints, you know, could have been a shocker this year, maybe win like ten so games. I thought the defense, right blah blah blah. <laughs> they might be fighting for a top ten pick next year. With no, they're be- not going to have a top ten pick because they traded it to good old Philly. All right, cool. With that being said. <laughs> With that being said, the, the division is garbage, bro. It's like what we've been talking about the AFC South for the last 10 years. That's what the division is, garbage. So a team with 8-9 and nine record might actually win the division. So that's manageable for the Bucs. So I think the Bucs will figure it out. they got enough talent on that team to figure it out yeah. And with Brady. Now, you say Green Bay. I'm going to use the same philosophy in that. They play the Bears and Lions. They'll beat the Bears and Lions. That's four wins for them. They already beat the Bears. They'll beat the Lions twice in a row if they haven't played them already. So they'll win that. And then it's the Vikings. They played bad against the Vikings, but that was in Minnesota. They always seem to fail. So if they split against Minnesota and the Green Bay somehow figures yeah, it but out, here's the th- here's they're going to win out. But the Rams thing, I look at this. It's about the division, all right? The way I look at it is the NFC East is going to get three teams, bro. We're realistically, teams. yeah, realistically. We're going to get yeah. three teams. So yeah. this whole NFC West, which we talked about last year, now you're only getting – Three other teams, well, four other teams because there's seven that make yeah. it, right? So you're gonna have the three NFC East teams, you're gonna have the Buccaneers, you're gonna have Minnesota, you're gonna have the who's NFC gonna East. be the final wild card because you're so that's so, yeah. my thing is this: if Rams lose between Arizona, Seattle's already got a better record than them, and Green Bay, the Rams' likelihood of making the wild card, I think that what I was talking about before, 
that last three weeks is going to be a much more difficult way. And listen, I don't know where their help is coming from. They're not unless getting they any a, help. Their offense isn't getting better. Their yeah. offense line stinks. Matthew Stafford is turning the ball over at a high rate. Their defense, I don't know. I listen, I just don't know where the momentum is coming from. It's almost like they have a Super Bowl hangover from the win. And that's so, the thing. That- that's why I choose the Rams. And here's the other thing, Trevor, quick, quick. And I'll finish on this point. We've talked about it outside this. A lot of people have talked about Rams can't beat the 49ers, bro. Nope. Can't beat the 49ers. This is like the Yankees and the Astros. Well, yeah, maybe a sneak of win in here and there. The Rams beat them in the NFC Championship game, and that's what's like, oh, they beat them much. Okay, you beat them when it meaning to. But you know what? You're not even going to get a chance to play them in the playoffs this year if you don't win this game this week. And it, the storyline is going to be every time you play the 49ers, you can't win. You're just not going to win. And, and that's the thing that realistically, when you look at all four of these teams, maybe all four missed the playoffs. Maybe 75%. Of these four are missing the playoffs, but realistically, to me, when I look at these four, fifty percent is going to miss the playoffs because either Seattle, Seattle's intriguing, but they do, like Ted said, they do have a tough road ahead. We'll see how they continue to play against some of the better teams moving forward. The Niners, I believe the Niners are going. To, I'm all in on the Niners. I'm not changing my tune on the Niners. They are talented enough to get to the NFC title game and even get to the Super Bowl. It just comes down to Jimmy G. The Rams, 100% agree. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year. The Packers, they lose this game, and they get embarrassed by this team, by the Bills on, on Sunday Night Football, with the Vikings possibly looking like they can win this game against the Arizona Cardinals. That means they'll be 3-5, and five, down two and a half games, which technically, because of the fact that they already lost so. to the Minnesota Vikings in week one, it's you, technically you like – You want to know the remaining schedule? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I was just saying. What I was going to say – You want to know the remaining schedule? Can you wait? Let me just finish. Is that I was going to say. When you look at this game Sunday night against the Bills – who have been playing lights out throughout this season, look like a juggernaut offensively. It's going to be good luck to Green Bay. But if you lose this game, you're going to be two and a half games back if the Vikings beat Arizona on Sunday. But tactically, it's almost like you're down three and a half because of the fact that you lost in week one. You're going there at three and five? Yeah, I know you got to play the Lions and Bears again, and you'll probably beat both of those teams, or maybe not. I don't know because this Green Bay Packer team, we thought they were going to beat we thought they were going to be Taylor Heineke in the Which, Well, here's last the other week. thing: their defense we thought was going to be top notch. I thought so in fantasy. Let me. Uh, I'm saying the Packers. I'm saying the Packers. The Bucks to me. Listen, yeah, that when the go I was going to say the Bucks. Tell you what their remaining schedule I got was. You. Give me one sec. When the Bucks, to me, realistically, they got a lot of problems too. Brady looks old. That offense. I don't know what's happened. They can't run the football. They're one of the worst rated teams rushing running the football this year. But it's just their division is just god awful. The well, Carolina Panthers are a bad team. They're yes, they beat them last week, but they're not a good team. They're not going to win many more games, I believe. Well, we don't know. I, I I can just sit here right now and be like, I don't know what's going to happen. I get it. The NFL season has given us uncertainty each and every week. But realistically, when you look on paper, maybe the maybe the Saints figure it out. I don't see it right now because they got a lot of issues. And Dennis Allen, he's going to be like Todd Bowles. That's another thing. There's a reason why these guys get fired. Todd Bowles, Dennis Allen. Josh McDaniels. There's a reason why these coaches get fired. Lovey Smith. Before. Like, I don't get it why these guys sometimes get second chances. Hey. And, and that's all I'm trying to say. The Bucks would be the least out of these four. But if I had to put the ranking, 
I'm putting the Packers well, as number one and the Rams too. I mean, though. I mean, here's the other thing. You look at they got the game against the Bills this week. No one's giving them a shot. But I told you on Monday morning, don't be surprised or Sunday night if somehow the Packers win because no one's giving them a chance. But listen, would that would you game. consider that the biggest upset of the season up to the date, realistically? What because you, because of look at the look at the scenario. The Packers look how bad they've been offensively. The Rodgers can't figure. What it was out. the game that I told you? Hold on. What was the game I told you? I was like, watch them the win. Chiefs this. And oh, Colts. The Colts. Colts over the Chiefs. All right. I just want to tell would you this: be one. the biggest upset of the weekend. Or the, of the season oh, so weekend, far, yeah. if, if the, oh, Packers, uh, the Packers, yeah, maybe the Colts, Chiefs, maybe. But at the time, we didn't realize how bad the Colts were. Here's the other thing: they got the Bills this week. They're at the Lions next week. I didn't realize their schedule ain't that freaking easy either. They got the Lions, Cowboys, Packers? Titans. Titans could be a tough game at the Eagles. At the Bears, at the Bears, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. So, you know what? Are you, you talking know, about the Packers right there? Yes, that was their oh, remaining okay. schedule. What, okay. And so what I'm saying is, as that's much as I want to, I want to live in the past of the Packers. That schedule ain't too easy either. You still got Minnesota. You still got you still got Miami. You still got Dallas. You still got the Eagles. You still got the Rams. So you still got the Bills this week. So you're, I mean, and the way the Packers are playing, there's no such thing anymore as yep, yeah, that's a win. Because like you said, Chip. What if Detroit has one of those games where they score 40 points and they and they play well at home? You know, it, it happens. Detroit wins games. The Bears, listen, no one gave them a shot this week against New England. I don't know what the Bears are going to be weak in, in five weeks, but maybe they'll play better. Who knows? Dallas, that's a tough game. Who knows? what? That's what I'm saying. You don't know. The Eagles, the Rams. I mean, that Rams game against Packers might be the decide. That's what, week 14 or what I have? That's week uh, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. So 12, 19. So, I mean, they're right there. That's an ESPN game. That's what the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. That could be a deciding playoff game right there. As we were just talking about the Rams and the Packers right there. Winner, loser goes home. Winners, winner stays alive for another week and roll the dice, baby. Keep rolling. Daddy wants a new car. These guys, I mean, these four teams right now, it's, it's, Definitely some of the bigger surprises. I know we didn't get to really talk about any AFC because there are plenty. And we're going to talk about that next week because we are going over to. Yeah, but I think we have a better understanding of the AFC right now. We are are moving on to the midway point and we will be talking about the midway point of this crazy, wild, unexpected every week NFL season. And right now, those four franchises that we just discussed, massive, massive games this week for different implications. Buccaneers. Tonight, a lot of injuries playing against the Baltimore Ravens team. They got to figure it out, too. So this game this game tonight should be a doozy. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's a doozy. And then you get the NFC title rematch again in L.A. Something's got to give in that. Can the Rams finally get over the hump? And then the Packers. Good luck going to Buffalo. Unless Aaron Rodgers becomes, I guess, Aaron Rodgers the past Bateman's few years. Bateman's playing tonight. Yeah, baby. Got to start yeah. him in fantasy tonight, huh, boy? Bateman, Mark Andrews, Gus Edwards, they're all playing, I think. Do I start him tonight? Who, uh, Bateman? I don't no. think so. Do I start him over Allen Robinson? <laughs> Good luck. I wouldn't start Allen Robinson. I got rid of Allen Robinson in both my leagues. He's had... Don't even, don't even talk about it. Yeah, he, he got zero points because yeah. he played the bye. Scott Bateman will have, like, big game tonight. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Also, the World Series starts tomorrow for all you baseball fans, Phillies and National fans, but us Yankee fans are uh, see you later. Well, we'll be talking about the uh, ongoing Mets. Yankees debacle. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the Mets. But that was my final point, too. All these franchises, the Lakers, the Packers, the Yankees, it's time for you to get all to get a reality check. Because right now, you can't rely on guys like LeBron right now. You can't rely on Aaron Rodgers because it's not working. It's not the same old. 
Something's got to give. Ladies and gentlemen, should be another fantastic weekend of NFL, college, and even the World Series for baseball fans. You can check us out on all social media platforms. If you missed the live show, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google. And if you do, check us out at Facebook.com, Twitter, Instagram. I think that's it. And YouTube. I forgot about YouTube. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next episode. We're Keys of the City. We're out. City Podcast.